hello. Welcome to episode 79 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, the Wizards game just ended, and me and Fong are here to go through the game with you guys. And as I just said his name, Fong is with me. Hello. So, uh, what were what were your let, let, let's get your thoughts uh, first? Actually, what were your thoughts on this game? Uh, overall, I think it's same old, same old. Uh, you were talking about that. Uh, we did play a lot better defense. It wasn't the greatest, but you know, it's a lot better than what we uh, have experienced before. But you know, the main thing I saw from this game is how quote-unquote good Whiteside was compared to the previous uh, Kings games that he has played with us. Yeah, uh, I'm going to dub this game the Whiteside game. Just because he was actually legitimately good. He, Of course, he had a few, you know, Hassan moments, but, like, he actually played with energy this game. And, uh, and we'll talk about energy, but I felt De'Aaron Fox, like, there were, I think, two straight possessions where he... Uh, he First possession, he stole it from Russ, and then immediately, um, you know, gets a score. And then, uh, and then on the next possession down, he draws a charge on Russ, and I felt like that like sparked the Kings. And for the rest of the night, for for stretches, it wasn't perfect, you know, throughout the rest of the game. But there was like legitimately good energy. Everyone's kind of moving on a string, and yeah, like so Wizards actually f- struggled to score in the half court. I felt. Most definitely. Uh, I would say, especially Buddy. I thought Buddy walked down Russ pretty well in the first few quarters. Uh, not until the fourth quarter where Russ started to turn up a bit. But uh, I, yeah, Buddy, in a way, I guess, I could see some improvement with his defense. Uh, he did block uh, Russ a couple times, uh, led to a lot of turnovers and uh, a couple steals. I mean, overall, but like the steal count and turnover count um, going for the Kings uh, was pretty pretty nice, I gotta say. It's just uh, we talked about this uh, during the game. Uh, we couldn't really score or make any uh, good buckets. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess the conventional theory would be that they spent a lot of energy on on defense and just didn't have it for offense. But, like, honestly, for the most part, like, if it wasn't for the first quarter where the Kings were outscored 42 to 42 to 31, like, the rest of the game, we matched the Wizards. Like, we scored more in the second, we tied them for the third, and, you know, the fourth was a bit of a shit show, but, like, we were, we were right there. And, unfortunately, that bad start, like, coming out flat the way that the Kings like to do, it really came back to bite them in the ass, and, yeah, I just, I mean, it was... Like I, I know King's Twitter was not very positive on on this game. Like it, it's another loss, is their eighth straight loss, and probably gonna be their ninth after the Phoenix game. So, but like I, they played with you know concerted, purposeful energy on defense, and that was like good to see. And it was actually from the starting lineup, which that has not happened before. Like, you know, like it's usually the bench that I felt locks in on defense and kind of gives the you know, the the Kings defense a chance to kind of come when the starters come back in. But this time it was the starters. It was started by Fox. And yeah, when Fox locks in, he is such a dangerous defender. He poked the ball away so many times. He had six steals. To, no, he had five steals this game, but it felt like he had way more than that. No, six, my bad. 
he had six, but it felt like way more because he was constantly poking the ball away. Yeah, I got to say, I think he could have had at least a few more if it weren't for, you know, uh, the Wizards grabbing the ball back again. But uh, overall, you know, Fox is playing how he should be. Uh, We just, you know, couldn't clutch it in the fourth. Um, And you could see the frustration in Fox uh, from game to game lately that he's getting getting mad. (laughs) Which, yeah, I mean, I I like to see just because, like, you know, somebody needs to get mad on and just start holding everyone's feet to the fire because – the way this this team is playing, the way that they're performing at times, it's unacceptable. And somebody needs to come out and just say it. Like, you guys are playing – this team is shit, and the reason why is because of you, 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 and you. Like, well, not, not, not as an individual, but, like, it's the collective. There's just, you know, this team just isn't in sync. And somebody needs to just bring everyone together and get everyone back on track. And Fox has to be that guy, you know? Anyway, so uh, let, let's let's talk about the fourth quarter specifically. You know, I hate I don't like going over these things, but like ref, the refs were pretty bad in, in the third and fourth quarter. Like to end the third quarter, there was so Tyrese gets blocked. The ball clearly goes off the Wizards, and somehow the refs just say, "Oh, it's off. Oh, it's off Tyrese." That was that was kind of where it started, and then there were multi so. I think it was Terrence Davis. He gets a layup and honestly does something hilarious levels of stupid. Like just like he scores, he kind of which kind of carries this momentum out of bounds towards the underneath the basket. And then he comes back in while the other team is inbounding and just slaps it out of I think it was uh Ish Smith's hands. You know, delay a game, technical foul. Fine. I thought that I thought that was justified. That was pretty stupid. But then it just got worse. Terrence Davis dunks brutally on Robin Lopez, kind of flips the ball towards the stanchion where there isn't a ref. Now, normally in most circumstances, that's not a technical foul. But like my thing is, was like Davis had really kind of irked the refs a little bit and just that ended up being a technical foul right after that. uh, I forgot what specifically. No, I think. No. So. Um, the Wizards inbound the ball. Denny Advia clearly is like you're not supposed to be able to like move from your spot when you're inbounding, and he basic Denny Advia like I think takes a step out of like takes a step like you know to, around the sideline, which should have been you know a, a violation, but he passes it in, and then I think it led to a foul. Um, and yeah, Fox gets a technical foul off of that. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Just the, the that kind of killed the Kings' run. And yeah, it speaks to the referee in terms of just like again, I don't like to go, I don't like to talk about the refs, but like that really killed a lot of momentum for the Kings. Yeah, like I think in total, we we could have had four technical fouls just all in the fourth quarter. Uh, the third one being, you know. Uh, there was a tech on Luke for yelling at the ref for a no call of like the Wizards delay of game, which you know they kept on calling on us. Why don't, won't they call it for the Wizards? And uh, I believe, I mean, in my opinion, like we could have gone a fourth tech in the fourth if uh, what uh, what's his name, Terrence Davis, 
said thank you to the ref for call, uh, calling a foul uh, against the Wizards on him when he was going for, I think it was a layup, right? It was, yeah, basically I went for a layup. They call the foul, and it's clearly a foul. And he says, essentially sarcastically says thank you. If the refs were in any worse of a mood, they probably would have called that tech. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, the Kings were not getting any love from the uh, from the refs this game. And just, I mean, again, I don't like to talk about them, but that really fucked with the momentum. And not to even speak of, there was a there was a four point play from Buddy that they called a foul on the floor, even though even though Bradley Beal clearly fouls him while he he's literally in a shooting motion. It's not even like that he picked up the ball and like, is there any kind of vagueness with how, when he picked up the ball? He was he had the ball in his hands and he literally was going up, and they didn't call the foul. And that kind of, that basically shaved off two points from Buddy and yeah, it just it just wasn't the Kings' night in in terms of that. But you know, as I always te- my mentality with refs is that there are a lot of things the Kings could have done to not put themselves in a situation where the refs can decide the game. And as we mentioned, they didn't hit a lot. They just couldn't hit shots for stretches. They got good stops and just couldn't score on the other end, un, un, you know, unless it was in transition. But like that's kind of what, you know, what kind of killed the Kings. And it didn't help that the refs like really added to kind of the Kings plight on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for those things, I, I believe we could have won easily. Yeah, you know. We're just going to have to let this game go. And, uh, you know, we have to prepare for tomorrow's game against uh, the Suns. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, before we get into that, like, you know, the Wizards, what the fuck? <laughs> like some of their some of their turnovers, like the the I, I, I got to give credit to the Kings. Kings play good defense. Again, I mentioned it was so much, so much better energy. So many possessions were like they would just loot, literally give the ball to the Kings for no reason. Like the ball would just slip out of their hands. Like there was one where where Davis Berton gets an offensive rebound off a tap out. And literally just tosses it to Fox in the most random turnover. The, the game was very sloppy on the Wizards, and which kind of like makes this loss hurt even more, just because we I think we had 31 fast break points and they had 17. And yeah, the fact that we weren't able to score in the half court really makes it hurt because we got a lot of transition buckets off these god awful turnovers by the uh, by the Wizards. Uh, yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. Like, I I gotta take or uh, give credit to the steals that we also had this game. Like, like we said before, Fox was poking them out. Uh, Wizards, you know, giving us those turnovers. Uh, yeah, overall we we tried our best in transition, and you know we just needed to uh, buy buckets in the half court. That's all we could say, really. Yeah. And, you know, Bradley Beal was Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook was not good for most of the game, but he did have that, like, scoring stretch in the third where he had three straight buckets. 
and which gave the t- which gave the Wizards that much needed cushion that helped them hang on. Davis Bertans also like you know was a fucking flamethrower. Like he's a guy you just can't give any room to. And like Terrence, da- I think it was Terrence Davis on him on both possessions, but like one of the possessions, Terrence Davis is right there, but Davis Bertans just catches it in rhythm and just shoots over Terrence Davis, and that was basically kind of an early dagger that the Kings never truly recovered from. And, you know, plus refs. So, like, I got to give credit to, you know, Davis Bertans and uh, Russell Westbrook. They play good games. And, you know, you got to shout out Bradley Beal, too. Bradley Beal played well, too. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's basically it for the game. Like, I guess last thing we got to talk about, again, Hassan had a good game. This is one of the only games I can definitively say he was not stat padding. There were people on King's Tour that I, saw, that I saw like, well, you know, some people were kind of giving Hassan some love. And then, some, you know, some guys kind of has to say, well, it's all empty numbers. This game, not empty numbers. He was getting like legit blocks. He was getting like legit rebounds. He jumped up on some rebounds. Of course, he had his moments, but like he he jumped up on rebounds. He gobbled that shit up multiple times. And again, the, definitely the best Hassan game in a Kings uniform this season. I know. I'm actually pretty surprised to see him play this well. Again, like, see what happens when De'Aaron Fox is inspired on defense. It, it manage, it, It's infectious, and we need more of this kind of energy. Yes. Hopefully we shall see this more in future games. Yeah, I mean, like, at this point, like, you know, you, you got to build a foundation of something, and the Kings being the worst defense of all time, like you may, maybe you can be the second worst. You can work towards being the second worst in history, like something. But yeah, like at this point, I'm looking forward to you know just being able to close out on a good note, and this is a good thing. If they can keep this up, this is the start of a foundation to something good. Oh yeah. Before we move on to the Suns, uh, today marks the one month, I guess you could say anniversary for Marvin missing. And uh, they have mentioned that he will be in or with the team for tomorrow's game in Phoenix. Cool. Oh. <laughs> So. I mean, I, I honestly don't know what to say. Like, I, I've I have made my thoughts no, known that I'm I think I think he's done because like, <laughs> like, you know, the vibe, the vibes with him and his family, like they they, they don't I don't think they want to be in Sacramento anymore. And that's fine. Like, I get it. He wants to, you know, play his style. Like he wants to play with more freedom. And Luke has kind of pigeonholed him for the most part this year. But like, you know, I, I I just don't think like he's in any position to be demanding anything, and he's he's not been a great piece to you know he's he he has his moments, but like at this point like he's a guy that I I I'm not putting up with your shit when you're doing this little. Yeah, I see what you mean, but hey, we shall see. Hopefully he does bring back good vibes. Like he's a he's a kid with good character, but I just think he's he's got per- people in his ear that is definitely telling him that you know he's a lot better, and he he kind of is, but like he he's good in in an individual way. He's not good. He's not he does not contribute to winning basketball right now. The player that he is, 
Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to tell them that you need to work on your defense. You need to work on your, you know, your boxing out your fundamentals. You, you have talent, you have great touch, you know, like that, that's something to build off of, but you need to be building off the right way. And, you know, as much, you know, as much improvement he did show, I'm, you know, I'm willing to kick the tires on him. Like, you know, trade him for something. Don't trade him for pennies, but like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm okay with just trading him for, you know, something. It's a mm-hmm. package of stuff. Yep. We shall see. Well, I never asked you, what are your thoughts, actually, since you brought it up? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to see, well, actually, now that I think about it, he's probably going to play limited minutes, so we're not going to see how he is after injury, but... Yeah, I gotta agree. At this point, just yeah, we we might as well just uh, get something from him uh, from a trade, and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, it'll turn out uh, something good. But yeah, in terms of defense with Buddy and Marvin out there, I, you're just gonna have to pick and choose. And as of right now. Like we've said before, Buddy is a hard trade asset to uh, trade around. And, you know, Marvin has some, but not a lot. But, yeah, it's just picking your poison at this point. Yeah, I just hope we get more for Marvin than what uh, the Sixers got for Markel Fultz. I'll just leave it at that. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on. Okay. Well, the Suns game just ended. Uh, Let's go over it real quick. So, um, you watched the first half because I wasn't able to, so I'll move the floor to you, or give you the floor. So, yeah, um, pretty much uh, our starting lineup was pretty much the same as the Wizards game, with uh, Fox, Buddy, Barnes, uh, Mo, and uh, Damian Jones. Uh, starting off, our defensive communication was pretty slacking. We left a lot of three-point shooters open, especially Booker and, uh, let's see, what was his name? Mikel Bridges. Uh, we gave up, like, three straight threes, I believe. I, I don't remember the specific number, but it was, let's just say the Suns were uh, leading by uh, quite a bit starting off. Uh, and let's just say, let's talk about Buddy for a split second, because uh, Buddy had four straight bad buddy shots and my gosh I don't, I don't understand why um buddy makes these kind of shots it's uh it's he or shoots them he shoots them he didn't make them four straight misses let's just say and all of them were the buddy shots that we don't like uh, he makes the fifth one, which was another bad buddy shot. But, you know, I can't say anything if he makes it. Uh, we did make a free bat-to-bat threes, which kind of kept us back into the lead. Or not lead, but kept us back in the game. Uh, Harrison Barnes uh, hits a bat-to-bat free. Uh, then it kind of slowed down when Whiteside came in. He started out good, I got to say. But, you know, he had the usual white side mistakes, and, you know, the usual white side mistakes is try to give him in the post. And that's one thing that Hassan can't really do, especially against Aiden. 
I will talk about that later. There was, yeah, there was another one of those moments that pissed me off in the second half. I just don't get why there's an obsession to actually feed him in the post. Like this is either the, either the players are, you know, have very low basketball IQ or the coaching staff has very low basketball IQ to actually give it to him down there. Because again, he doesn't pass out of the post well. He doesn't score out of there out of there well. And yeah, why pass it to him down there? They really do force it to him down there. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, we, I don't know what to say, but I'll just keep on moving on. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, I got to say, Dewan was put, playing pretty well. He he hit a couple threes, and uh, he uh, made quite a couple layups as well. Uh, a lot better than uh, the Dewan that we've been seeing uh, before. Uh, but another problem I had, I got to say, start, uh, starting the second uh, well, Metsu checks in. He only played three minutes at that point. Uh, and I got to mention that Damian Jones only played five minutes in the entirety of the game. And it was just pretty much we kept Whiteside in throughout just most of the second quarter, which, again, why? I don't know why, but, you know, Whiteside is doing... I'm going to put out my quotation marks. Okay. Uh, again, I don't know why. I don't know why we play him more. Uh, I kind of want to know why we didn't play Damon Jones more uh, or even Betu more as well. Like, it is how it is, I guess. This is, unf- I mean, this is not a issue exclusive to Luke by any means. A lot of co- coaches love to play their veterans, their quote-unquote, the quote-unquote, the guys they trust. And it just seems like, for whatever reason, Luke just trusts Whiteside. He doesn't want to deal with maybe the, I guess, the very like up and down performances of a Damian Jones or or a, uh, a Chimezi Metsu. Instead, just wants to stick with the quote-unquote solid play of Whiteside. But the thing is, the coaches just don't see, can't seem to get out of their way a lot of time in these situations where they just play the guy, the quote-unquote reliable guy, even though he is not producing reliably at all. They just have trust in them, and it's not earned. Like, he he played well last game. Hassan played well last game. And I, and I think there is a lot, he earned a lot of, you know, let's just say social brownie points with Luke for whatever reason. And, you know, that that's just how it is. Like, coaches just love to play these veterans who are honestly not, don't deserve the minutes, but it is what it is. And, yeah, he played 24 minutes this game. And Metsu, Metsu played only nine minutes. You said he only played, like, what, three minutes in the first half? Um, so six minutes in the second half. And he was good. I don't know why he didn't get more minutes. Like, that's the thing. That's the frustrating thing about these old school, like, coaching decisions. The guy who's been playing well, like who's who's young, but is somehow labeled unreliable, don't don't get the minutes even though they deserve it. And you give 24 minutes to Hassan Whiteside. And yeah, like, day. it's about 12, like 12 to 15 minutes. And after that, like you need to shave off those bad, like Whiteside minutes. You got to pull him when he just does stupid shit. It's not a coincidence that the game kind of got away from us as soon as he checked in. Yep, it is how it is. But 
going off from what you said, uh, when Whiteside came in, uh, Suns were, you know, hitting threes over us, and that kind of, it slowed down from there on, uh, and our offense actually uh, picked up a lot. It's just that when our offense picks up, our defense falls, especially, I got to say, with our transition defense. And, you know, I can't... I don't. I don't know. Our transition defense is isn't there just yet, especially when you know we have a slow Hassan out there. I mean, it's been how many games? It's not coming this season. It's just not. And a lot of that is actually has to do with the offense. The you know the stagnant offense that you that usually ends up with some sort of isolation and a missed shot that puts your defense in a bad position to get back and. Yeah, I don't I don't see that getting any better for the rest of the season. That's just how it's going to be. And, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is. It's just that's just how it is. Yep, that's how it is. Uh, that's pretty much all for my first half notes. Uh, what do you have on the dirt since I missed that part? Okay, well, the third, well, to start, Hassan starts the quarter, again, earning that trust for whatever reason from Luke. He starts the quarter, was actually fine for the most part, but he does end up playing six full, like, six-plus minutes in the third. Like, they, he played it all the way until, like, the five-minute mark, and that's when I was just saying, like, you got to pull him out soon because the, the return on investment is going to fall off a cliff real soon. So he pulled him out. Metsu checks it was really good for the most part, and... um yeah, but before we actually get to the good part, we got to talk about the post-ups. So they were forcing – there was one specific possession that really irked me. You have Fox out there. You have Buddy out there. You have Barnes out there. I think I think Halliburton was out there too. You have four options out there to create a shot. They, they get – I think it was Fox gets a screen from Hassan, gets Mikael Bridges on him. Mikael is not a small guy. He's, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, with long arms. Hassan backs him down to the post, but doesn't actually get the position correctly. And for some reason, Buddy lobs it, throws his soft-ass lob to him, and they just and Mikel Bridges easily gets around and intercepts it. I don't get what the obsession is, as I mentioned earlier. It's just there's an obsession when he's on the court to force it to Hassan down low, whether it's on a smaller guy or Aiden, for God's sake, guarding him. There is no advantage there. He doesn't have any real post moves, and he's not, and he does not know how to pass out of there to either. Like this, this is this, this is the problem with Hassan. It's not so much that he's just bad on defense and just never comes out to the perimeter and slow. For some reason, on offense, we think he's like a third option somehow, even though he should be the very last option that you should go to, especially when it comes to a post up. I don't get it. It just keeps happening, and that's why, like. It was actually somewhat mesmerizing. He actually stayed on the team, and unfortunately, this means we got to watch 20 more games of him. Well, pretty much right before, like, have nothing to say. It's like we keep on playing this guy. We start seeing a, a loss of some defense, and especially on offense, because how I don't, I don't know. I don't see why the players think that Hassan can post players like freaking Aiden. I just, I, I don't know. Also, second, the second part of my Hassan rant. So, uh, 
the Suns later on in the quarter shows you how to get the ball down low to the post. They they flash a guy to the to the free throw line and lob it to him from there instead of lobbing it to him from the from the three point line. It doesn't help that you're forcing it to a vastly inferior um, post player in Hassan Whiteside to DeAndre Ayton. You also don't actually know how to pass it to him in the post, and that's even more frustrating. So, yeah, you're forcing it to him down low, and you don't know how to actually properly pass it to him like down low. And that was the most frustrating part to, for me to watch. That just shows you like there's some like this shows you kind of the gap, I guess, between the coaching staff and between like the IQ of the players. <sighs> yep. Anyway, so that, so that that's basically it for the you know the bad Hassan parts. But like you know it, overall, like it was a good quarter. Like we actually scored pretty well. Like Hassan did do some good things every now and then. Like did grab more rebounds than you know than usual. Like we were actually playing well. Buddy was actually hitting shots really well as well. Like you know he took some kind of bad Buddy shots, but he made them. So you know who. You know, who am I to complain? You said he started 0 for 4. He ended 5 for 10. So he actually hit quite a few of his threes, like, later on in the game. So, you know, good on him. Um, on to the fourth quarter. Um, Metsu opens the quarter with a snatch block. And that's kind of the thing that Metsu brings that Hassan doesn't bring an ounce of energy. Like, the guy is only, like, 6'9", maybe 6'10". He's out there doing snatch blocks on guys. Like, he he's always, like, you know, active. And, like, I don't get why Luke just doesn't play him instead. And, yeah, it's frustrating to watch, like, to just see Hassan kind of just doodle around out there. But, like, yeah, I just wish he would go to Metu or help. Go to go to Robert Woodard at center. Play, the, play that guy. Like... At this point, you play your veterans, quote unquote, but when your veterans don't have it going, you have more guys. Like these guys haven't played in forever. Like in Justin James and Kyle, I think Kyle Guy's injured though. But like Jemias Ramsey, let's take a look at what these guys can do. Like at this point, like you quote unquote want to win, yet you you almost purposely play these, you know, negative players. Like the guy, these guys don't mesh sometimes, and just try out the bench unit. Like, at this point, like, I'm ready to give Luke the boot. Like, this is the this is the kind of bullshit that, like, you know, stubborn coaches do and, honestly, bad coaches do. You play shitty veterans, and you play your starters a shit ton of minutes, by the way. 40 minutes for Fox on a back-to-back. 40 minutes for Barnes on a back-to-back. Like, what is the point of all this? You know? I, and you're still losing, and you know I just I I can't do, I can't deal with this shit anymore. Like at this point, you know just you know I I recommend just throwing in the white towel. But like you know you want you want to fix the culture, I guess. But I don't know. Um. Anyways, sorry for these kinds of angry rants, but like that is what I just that is just that just stands out to me because. You're, you're playing these guys heavy loads of minutes, and some of them are just not good or are just gas out. You're overrunning these guys. Play that third unit, please. Anyways, yeah. Fox, had, Fox did have a good fourth quarter. He actually had some, you know, big boy shots down the stretch. Like, you know, this, you know, he keeps proving that he is the superstar. Like, he is kind of the, you know, as uh, Kenny Caraway puts it, the straw that stirs the drink. Now, defensively, he had a very meh, 
like for the most part, but he did have some good possessions on uh, Chris Paul. And like he is definitely the star that you know Sacramento almost just doesn't deserve. But like down the stretch, we go at ultra small with Barnes at the five because Hassan just was not cutting it, and you know it just took too long to sum him out. But we go ultra small um, at around the two minute mark, down crunch time, and Barnes ends up having to guard Aiden, and that basically kind of killed killed the rest of the game because. Barnes is just simply too small to guard Aiden, and like he got he got a few offensive rebounds, and when he was when he wasn't getting offensive rebounds, he basically just shot over Barnes. Like you have to if you're gonna go ultra small like that, you need to send a double. And I doubt Aiden's a good passer from the post, so you had to double him, and the Kings didn't do it, and he basically iced the game for for uh, the Sun or for the Kings, and yeah, that's basically the game. Well, to be honest, I have really nothing to say other than this. This already has been happening for way too long. Right? We should have fixed this way long ago. Yet we're still in the same picture. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I will throw that white towel and say, you know what? We'll see what happens in the off season because this is a. Uh, I mean, I have a headache right now, so I'm sorry for being such a negative Nancy. Sure, but uh, you know, um, you know, overall, like the main the main takeaway I have for this is that, like, you know, it's great that the Kings came out with you know a fight to you know go up against the second best team in the league or second best team in the West for sure. Like, you know it. It just it just makes you question why don't you come out with this kind of energy against the Timberwolves against the Detroit Pistons? It it's a bit discouraging. I don't really know if this is a good takeaway or not. Like the fact that their ceiling can be pretty high, like in terms of the talent on this team. But you know whether to, whether how whether they put it together or not, like we don't know. But like there is a high ceiling for this team, but a scary low floor for this team as well. And I. The priority right now is to cut down on the Fox minutes and also just somehow establish a consistent effort somehow. That is a low fucking ass, by the way. It's just it's just discouraging to me to have to ask the a professional basketball team to play hard and play with purpose. Like that's on the coaching. I guess that's on the coaching staff, but you got to look at the players too. Like what the fuck is the, like what the fuck is the issue? Like why don't you guys play with consistent effort and you know, play with consistent purpose. You know, there needs to be a big change, you know, probably this off season, but as it stands, we're still going to sit through, you know, 19, 19, 20 more games of this. And we'll see if there's any improvement because right now, like, you know, it's the encouraging sign is that we can be a good team, but we need to find that consistency and whether it's leadership from the players, leadership from the coaching staff, there needs to be some sort of big change. This, you know, you know, going towards the end of the season and in the off season. Yes, we shall see. Uh, well, our next game will be on Sunday, so we'll get a little rest after this back-to-back. It'll be against Dallas on Sunday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern. So that'll be. You mean against Luca? <laughs> against Luca. <laughs> Why? Yeah, like honestly, like I don't. We don't even acknowledge the team that actually got him. So. 
yeah, we just acknowledge it's it's basically Luca's team, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be a fun adventure. Uh, you know, it's just I mean, like I don't want to I don't want to keep harping, you know, pouring salt in that wound, but like, you know, and how we like how we always talk about like fucking up Boogie, like when we had him. Well, like we talk, we talk privately about how we screwed up Boogie's years by constantly drafting the wrong guy. Like you could have had Dame, you could have had CJ. Instead, you end up with Thomas Robinson and Willie Cauley Stein. It's like, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I've been here, I've been listening to you know Deuce and Mo and um, you know, those, and everyone from the Be Heard platform, and they talk about how Fox may be on the clock. I don't think he's on the clock yet. I think he, he has a lot of he has a lot of years left on that contract, so we don't have any incentive to actually to actually trade him. But like, you know, the fact that you already fucked up the first like the first part of that in not drafting Luca and not drafting a guy that's now disgruntled and you know isn't producing much at, on on the uh, basketball court, and the other guy that you passed over is a fucking superstar. Like yeah, the this this upcoming off season, Monty's got to do something big, and if you don't, like the clock will be ticking on Fox because Fox is carrying this damn team, and it's just too much on his shoulders. And you know he might you know he might look for greener pastures at some point. I hope it never comes to that. But yeah, Fox needs some help. Yeah, he most definitely does, and you can see it in the court too, especially in the last few games. He's been He's been pissed. He's been real pissed. And he should be. And I, I want to see him honestly more pissed. Like you got you got to get on the guys for like not playing defense. And, you know, you got to you got to tell people to start moving off the ball. I'm tired of this ISO offense now. I know we have a good offensive rating. I don't well, I don't know how how good it is now off the top of my head. But like this ISO, this ISO style five out offense, it's. It doesn't cut. You gotta run some more stuff, like at least during the game, like like during you know the set, the first, second, and third quarter. In the fourth quarter, you can kind of go to that like iso ball a little bit more, but like you need to mix it up. It's just too often you just end up with a guy waiting for a screen that doesn't come, and then an iso into a, a tough shot. You, you need you need some sort of change. Yeah, I, I swore like a while ago we had uh, like good plays going for us and we cut out the ISO for a bit. But, you know, all of a sudden we're back in square one, man. Yeah, I, I don't Go know. Go figure. What... We start losing. So, yeah, yeah, I wonder I wonder what the difference is, you know. So I don't know how we're going to go on about this uh, from here on out. But, you know, like you said, we're going to have to suffer for 20 more games. Yeah, uh, sorry for being this negative on on a game that I actually thought was okay. Like it wasn't bad. It's just the same issues are still there. And I'm just gonna keep harping on the same exact issues because they, they just keep popping up. And again, playing guys like Hassan over guys like Metu and hell, Damian Jones. Like Damian Jones, I thought was good last last games, and he just doesn't get the minutes. And I got I I mean like the one thing you can all you can actually blame on the coaching staff is the distribution of minutes. Like there's no reason why Hassan had to play 24 minutes in my opinion. Unless da- unless Damian Jones was getting lit up in in the beginning, I don't know, by DeAndre Ayton, there was no reason not to play Damian Jones more than 5 minutes. Yeah. 
anyways, uh, enough with that. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of going to get a little bit worse as we move away from Kings basketball because we got to talk about, well, we haven't had a chance to actually record an episode between, you know, Monday's game and like, you know, I was waiting to, you know, cover the back-to-back. So we haven't had a chance to talk about this, but Jamal Murray did tear his ACL against the Warriors. And that's that really sucks. I was really looking forward to whether he was going to turn it up in the playoffs like he did last year. Yeah, it's, it's really too bad. Like, it's going to be season-ending, correct? Or it will be. I mean, it's an ACL injury at, yeah. the, end of, at the end of the season. <laughs> Like Clay didn't play Clay didn't play the entire season last year, so yes, it will be the it will be season ending. Shoot, I wonder how much he'll miss in the next season, depending on when Dow start up too. Give or take, like yeah, you gotta wait a year. It's it's long, and remember, Jonathan Isaac got injured in the bubble and still hasn't played a game this season. Yeah, so hopefully it's not too serious, but you know it it does put a huge dent into the Denver's offense it's uh yeah I wonder uh how they'll be in the playoffs at this point I mean it's Michael Porter Jr. time <laughs> that, that's what it is because that man is starving to eat and we'll see if he can do something because we know what Jokic is Jokic is probably going to be the MVP this year and he you know he sets a certain floor for you like in terms of being able to, you know, create shots in the playoffs, like we just have to see if his teammates, like the the supporting cast around him, namely Michael Porter Jr., are they going to be able to, you know, he- give Jokic enough help in the playoffs? I don't think they're winning the the championship by any means, but you know, they could they could they could scare the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, they they still have a slight chance. Uh, how many rounds do you think they'll go up to? I think their ceiling is probably conference finals, but mm-hmm. like I, I mean, like Clippers, I think will struggle with them. They just don't have a guy for him really, and I just don't think they can guard him one on one. Which means that you know they have to double him, and when you double when you double Jokic, he is going to find the open man. So that's a that's a tough pill for that's a tough ask of the Clippers and. I think it goes like six, six, seven games again. And like, you know, we saw what happened last year. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you think of uh, who do you think is going to be the MVP? Actually, it's it's between uh, y- or Jokic and Embiid for me. Oh, really? Who do, I you, have? S- who do you have? Uh, I'm not too sure. I, don't re- I haven't been keeping up with Giannis because I, I believe or I doubt he would have won another or a back-to-back. We but, did win a back-to-back last year, so. Well, that's last year. What happens if he wins another? <laughs> I don't think he is just because, like, the voters are going to hold last year against them in terms of how they flamed, how he so horribly flamed out in the playoffs. Uh, no, yeah. it's not fair to put it on him because I think it was a, I think it was more of a coaching issue than it was really anything to do with him mm-hmm. and the personnel. But like, you know, they're going to hold that against them. And until he wins a championship, I don't think he's getting another MVP. And also, the 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 Bucks have not been like crazy good this year. So like, the standard that he set last year was like a historic like Bucks team. 
like a like historic winning rate, historic offensive rating, historic uh, defensive rating. And this year they're not that. So like the this expectation has been set so high for him, and I just don't think voters are gonna vote for him because they're like, well, he was better last year. I see. Yeah, I gotta say, I think I'm putting my money on uh, Jokic a lot more than Embiid at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, because uh, Embiid has missed, I think, a good, not 20 games. He missed a, quite a chunk of games. And, you know, Jokic has been amazing. Uh, l- let me check real quick what the standings are. Like, they are the they're the four seed right now. And that's with actually Jamal Murray missing quite a few games as well. Like, he has been the engine that dr- that drives that team. And, yeah, I think, I think he very much deserves to win the MVP. The only other guy I can think of is, like, Dame. Who's, who what who has been pretty amazing like with CJ out still being able to carry that Portland team to you know the sixth seed they were the four seed for a while and you know like it, but I right now they're kind of sliding so like yeah he's he's got a long shot to win it so I think I think it ends up being Jokic mm-hmm. yep we shall see Okay, uh, next uh, next round of news. LaMarcus Aldridge just abruptly retires today, just out of nowhere. And the issue was was because of a, a, a regular heartbeat. I think, I don't remember the name of the disease, but basically, it, yeah, you don't want to fuck with that, essentially. Um, and yeah, he has decided to just retire. Um, so what were your thoughts when you heard it, heard the news? Yeah, I thought it was crazy. I remember reading about it saying that he didn't feel well when he was trying to go to sleep. And the next day he talked to his team and the team was like, yeah, you better go to the hospital. And, you know, after he found out that he had that um, symptom or not symptom, that disease, I mean, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Like something like that can happen to anyone, to be honest, but it's just uh, so unfortunate to, uh, for it to happen uh, to him. Yeah. So apparently, like he actually had was diagnosed with this like pretty early on in his life, and he they, he actually like basically he took medicine essentially to kind of like suppress the, the disease, but now it's I guess no longer effective. So like mm-hmm. yeah, that's why he's kind of retiring it. Again, like I have not been the kindest to Lamarcus Aldridge, but I I do remember I did watch the uh, 2014 series him against like Houston that year, and like I do that did jog my memory of like he was a very 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 bad man in that series. Like <laughs> Dame has the signature moment of the series, but he had like I think for the first three or four games 40 and 20 or something like that. He averaged like a crazy amount of points. Because he was being guarded by Dwight Howard, who doesn't believe in coming out to shooters. So, like, yeah, he was amazing during that series, and he was a very good player in his heyday. And it just, unfortunately, just didn't work out on the Spurs. And, you know, he had a, he had a very good chance to win a ring this year. I imagine they will give him the ring no matter what, just as a kind of sentimental thing. But, you know, it's unfortunate he has to retire, like, again, just literally out of nowhere. Yeah, literally coming close to playoffs and you know i wish the best of luck to him because uh this yeah it's a serious disease and uh, i don't know i don't think he's gonna recover back to the game right 
Well, I don't. Well, uh, he says he's retiring, so you know, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah. So, well, yep. Get get your health right, and just you know, you 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 made quite a bit of money, and hopefully you've you know saved <laughs> saved properly, and yeah. But congratulations on a very successful career, and hope you get yourself right. Yeah, a good 15 seasons, all well spent. Yes. Okay, uh, last bit of news, not related to basketball, but instead to wrestling. Again, not really coming out of nowhere, but it was surprising it happened. Uh, WWE released 10 wrestlers, um, and many of these actually performed or were at WrestleMania. So Samoa Joe, the most surprising one, uh, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker of a... Uh, Tucker of Heavy Machinery, or what used to be Heavy Machinery, Kalisto, Bo Dallas, <laughs> Mojo Raleigh, and Wesley Blake. Uh, those guys were released, and there might be more coming. But we this is the only this is the only list I was able to find right now, and this was updated two hours ago, so it's pretty up to date. So, you know, what were your thoughts? Um, I guess when you first heard these names. Well, I mean. I- I first heard it from you, and I I didn't expect Samoa Joe to come out so soon. I mean, of course, uh, he is at that age, where I, and he had those injuries, of course, too. Uh, but you know, I I'm gonna miss him. Like he he was a he was a really good heel, I gotta say. And it's too bad that uh, he couldn't continue uh, that reign any longer. Yeah, it's unfortunate he actually got in. Like he he was set for like certain pushes. Like you know him against him against Brock Lesnar was one of my favorite views of all time. Like in 2017, like that actually apparently that actually brought viewers back. Like legitimately, he was like an actual needle mover. Like in and it's unfortunate he kept getting injured, which was why his uh, pushes got cut short. And he just never like found the right time on the main roster to both like be hot and actually be healthy. And it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it just sucks that like you know, and you know he ended up getting injured again. And I I guess it's because like he, I heard he suffered a concussion and he's like still recovering from it. And you know he wanted to wrestle and I guess WWE wouldn't let him and. I assume there was some mutual agreement, at least with him, about this release. Because I imagine he wants to wrestle and WWE won't let him. Mm-hmm. Although I will give WWE, I guess, some credit in stopping wrestlers from wrestling. Because, like, like wrestling is a dangerous sport. And, you know, when someone isn't medically, cl- like, clear to wrestle... The doctors have to do their job and stop them from wrestling. And, you know, these wrestlers are very kind of macho and, you know, are trained to basically wrestle through things because as a kind of an honor code type situation. And, you know, like they're going to keep wrestling until they're probably like, you know, completely physically unable to. And at that point, it might be too late. So I'm glad that to a certain degree that WWE did like not let him wrestle and Maybe he like I don't you know knock on wood like he gets you know really badly injured and might be you know crippled for the rest of his life. So you know maybe there was maybe there was just like some mutual disagreement there and that's why they decided to release him. But I hope Samoa Joe is healthy and we get to see him maybe in Impact in New Japan or you know God forbid AEW could really swoop him up and use him. Yeah, that be that be interesting, but. Hopefully he gets his health uh, 
uh, in check before that happens because I, I'm not too uh, sure about how he is at the moment. I mean, it has been a while, right? It's been at least. It's been a long time. Like, yeah. he's been on the sidelines for a while. And again, we don't know what his health situation is. We just hope that he, you know, he takes care of his health and don't not wrestle if he's not ready to wrestle um, yet. And hopefully if he does come back, I hope health professionals will take a good look at him before, uh, you know, putting him in back in the ring. Yes. Uh, the next two names I want to talk about, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Now, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce both actually wrestled on WrestleMania and were released. And that actually did surprise me. The main thing I want to talk about is just how stupid like WWE treated them towards the end. So Billy Kay and Peyton Royce were tag were a tag team. So they broke them up because they wanted to push Peyton Royce on Raw, I believe. And when they got when Peyton Royce got to Raw, they they basically said, Oh shit, we don't have enough women tag teams on Raw. Oh, we're gonna just stick you with Lacey Evans. And we're just not gonna push you as a single star. Which kinda like why did you then that just begs the question, why in the hell did you break up Billy Kane and Peyton Royce in the first place? Because it you know, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce never got it together and it just never worked and it just seems like she was lost in the shuffle after that. Yeah, that's also too bad. I didn't follow them too closely, but I I heard good things about them, that's all I could say. Yeah, well, yeah, bad. what what were your what were your what were your favorite Billy Kane and Peyton Royce moments? You know, you want to you want to do a top ten list right now? I actually don't remember. I remember like we we went to a raw show in uh, Sacramento. They came out for literally like just uh what you call it? I guess a storyline talk, and then they came uh, went back out or yeah, just went back in. <laughs> they didn't wrestle. That's all I could remember. I don't I don't think I would ever go to a raw or SmackDown because some of these shows are fucking awful. I just don't want to waste my money on these, but um, yeah, the Billy Kay, like she was actually really good in certain spots. I really liked her in the Royal Rumble, like you know, just doing her kind of shtick and just being kind of goofy. Like she had, she has some comedic chops about him, but or about her, but like you know, WWE just don't know how to utilize women like her. And you know, the top, the top is not the most uh, kind to women right now, unfortunately. I think. I think there's some left, there's some bias, let's just say, you know, towards the men, and they don't really know how to write a good women's story right now. And you know, also the women aren't getting a lot of screen time either. And it's no coincidence that you know Bruce Pritchard took over, and you know, women, women's screen time kind of went down, and you know, just st- started stop being like much of a focus at all um, on WWE TV. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, they were a good tag team, and they, they both of them were very talented, and if utilized the right way, but you know, WWE just didn't know what to do. Yeah, well, we shall see in the future. Uh, I'm wondering when Vince will uh, retire. <laughs> huh. Huh. When he's dead. When he's dead. He's not retiring. Anyways, yeah. Mickey James, that was a... That was, that's not surprising at all. That she hasn't been on TV at all, and she's another one of those cases where WWE just doesn't know what to do with her. Like they don't even let her wrestle, really. Like even when she wrestles, it's like in two-minute matches. Like what's the point, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, when she left the first time, I thought, you know, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's really, That was really it. But when she came back, it, I, I couldn't think of anything that she could do. She did, kind, she did kind of go for the SmackDown women's title at one point, and that was it. After that, there was, like, very... Like, she'll have a random women's title shot somewhere, and that was it. Like, they never really did anything with her. Yeah. I mean, I also haven't seen her in a while on TV. Yeah. Um... Yep, hopefully she hopefully she finds, you know, something less something to do, I guess. Like she be I think she'd be pretty fun on AEW or Impact or, you know, New Japan. Although New Japan style, I don't know if she wants to well, not New Japan, but like stardom, I mean. But like uh, you know, hopefully she hopefully she finds another place uh, for her cuz WWE didn't know what to do with her. So uh Chelsea Green, she did debut on the main roster and immediately got injured and uh, Another one of those cases, once you get injured, the creative just has nothing for you afterwards. That's just how it goes. Um, you have any thoughts on Chelsea Green? Nope, I don't remember her, to be honest. Yeah, she's from NXT, and like she literally just, not not just debuted, but like she debuted it and immediately, immediately got injured. Ah, really unfortunate. That's unfortunate indeed. Yeah, uh, Tucker of uh, Heavy Machinery... Uh, got released. Stupidest fucking breakup I've ever seen. Like, they were a good act, and they broke up him and Otis for no reason. And now he's released. Great. Like, great job on that, WWE. Um, you remember him? Yeah, I remember him. Is Otis doing, like, a solo work now? He's with Chad Gable. What? Weird. Oh, weird. That's yeah, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, um, that's still too bad. Yeah. Uh, next one is Kalisto. He wasn't. I don't watch 205 Live. So I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe he yeah. was doing something on there. I, I maybe he was. I don't know. No. Uh, if you let, let me know if you watch 205 Live. I didn't watch it, so I don't know what he did. He, I think he appeared once, like randomly in a segment, but that's it. I mean, yeah, I have no comment. <laughs> Uh, Bo Dallas was released. Uh, this one did kind of surprise me. Of course, he hadn't been doing anything, but his, you know, he's he's brothers with Bray Wyatt, so like you would think they would have a plate. He would have a place on the, at some point, like joining Bray or the Fiend, but I guess not anymore because he got released. Yeah, I don't know how the storyline with Bray would fit now. I mean, after WrestleMania, duh. <laughs> yeah, left me a little too confused. Yeah, that would be a pretty interesting uh, duo with Bo Dallas, especially since they're siblings. Yeah, like there were many chances for them to kind of put Bo in that in that spot, but they just never did. I don't know. Mm. Next, uh, Mojo Raleigh, like he has literally not done anything. He had a he had something with the Gronk last year, but the Gronk decided to go back to the NFL. So into the void you go, Mojo Raleigh. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I would I would go back to the NFL if uh, he had a chance to win the Super Bowl again. <laughs> oh, did, oh, no, did he win the Super Bowl? Yeah, he was in the, what you call it, the Tampa Bay. Oh, the, yeah. he, he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I don't I don't football, so I'm not I'm not up to the up to date on that. But yeah, um, yeah, Mojo Raleigh just kind of disappeared after Gronk decided to go back to the NFL. Um, 
really unfortunate for him. Hopefully he finds a spot somewhere. Like he has he has something, and you know, we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, the last one on this list, Wesley Blake of the Forgotten Sons was released. Now he had a very so he, the Forgotten Sons debuted on the main roster with um Jackson Riker. And Jackson Riker basically immediately posted some pro-Trump stuff. Like, uh, I, I don't know, like, pro-Trump stuff, pro-police, pro, like, and it rubbed a lot of people in their locker room the wrong way, and it kind of got them a lot of heat online. And unfortunately, because Jackson Riker was part of the Forgotten Sons, he essentially took down his two stable mates along with him. And uh, Blake and Cutler just ended up off tv uh, because of the jackson Riker stuff and you know and they creative has had nothing for them since and it sucks that jackson Riker. well i don't want i don't want jackson Riker to lose his job but like it kind of sucks that he's is the last man standing of that of that group even though really? he was one, even though he was the one who started that shit storm in the first place really yeah, yeah that's that's a little interesting. Uh, is he still wrestling, actually? Yeah, I mean, he hadn't wrestled for a while. Creative just had nothing for him. So I mean, he might he might go somewhere and, you know, find a role. But, like, yeah, in, uh, on the in on the WWE roster, he didn't, he didn't do anything. Oh, I, I know Blake, but how about Jackson? Jackson is doing – Jackson is, is Shane McMahon, basically. I don't know if Shane's still going to be on SmackDown, but – you know he, he's in a he's in he's in Shane's little faction right now. Oh well, now he's he still has a job, I I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that was basically covers the WWE releases, and it yeah it just kind of shocked me today to first read about the Lamarcus Aldridge stuff, and then you know a few hours later this comes out. Yeah, it was just wow, what a day. Yeah, big day of news for sports. Uh... I don't know. This is this has been a pretty big news for since a while, I gotta say. Yeah, and it, I mean a big news day, and yeah, I mean when someone just like again out of nowhere retires mid-season this close to the playoffs, it's gotta make the it's gotta make the news. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. And yeah, and also you know prayers up for Jamal Murray. Hope hope you know he has a speedy recovery and hope he comes back next year strong because i actually really wanted to see if bubble murray was a real thing or was it just a one time you know a one time thing that just you know he just happened to get hot but like you know if he could re- if he could have replicated it you know and it's unfortunate we won't be able to see it this year yeah it's too bad but i, I feel like he had that uh that kind of feel in him to uh play like he did in the bubble i i feel like he'll do it again but yeah we'll have to see next year yep and that will actually end it for our episode today again ran a little long because wrestling is involved and there's always a lot to talk about wrestling even though fong doesn't watch wrestling (laughs) yeah it's it's been too long all right. Well, you know, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Uh, you said it was on Sunday, correct? Yes, and I better make sure because I made that mistake before. And it is on Sunday, 4.30 okay. Pacific. 
Okay, well, that means we will be able to watch it, and hopefully we'll be, we'll be able to get an episode out on the same night. So we shall see. Um, as it stands right now, um, yeah, pretty decent game, you know, deflating ending. Uh, but, you know, there might be some stuff for the future, and we just have to look to the future, like look in the big picture, because right now we're, and we're, I guess we've hit rock bottom, but I feel like we can go lower. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yep, we shall see. All right, see you guys back on Sunday or Monday. We shall see. Yep, we'll see you guys later. Thank you.